Oh, hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. Do you remember all those times that you were going for a coffee and you forgot your reusable cup? Well, Again Again, founded by my guest today, Nada, and her business partner, Melissa, is the ideal way to stop you from having to use a single-use cup that ends up in the landfill. Again Again is a takeaway coffee cup service. The customer pays a $3 deposit when they use their first cup. Then they can either return the cup to get their deposit back, or they can swap the cup out for another one next time. Why is this necessary? Well, scarily, I know we all have good intentions, but actually only 5% of takeaway coffees are made in reusable cups. We are throwing away 295 million disposable cups every year just in New Zealand. And worldwide, that clocks up to 88 billion cups a year. But again, again, since they started, which was only about 18 months ago, they have so many cafes on board across Wellington and Auckland, and they're already diverting 30,000 disposable cups from waste every single month. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty horrified by those numbers. I really hope that you'll have a listen to this chat and 100% think again about your choices next time you're getting a coffee. The Again Again system makes it effortless to do the right thing, and I can't wait for you to hear all about the behind the scenes from Nada today. Hi, Nada. Thank you so much for coming on for a chat today. Um, So we are actually recording this on day one of level three here in New Zealand. So I'm going to imagine that things are pretty hectic for again again. We'll hear all about that um, and the impact it's had on everything towards the end of our chat. But just first, before we dive in, let's warm up a little bit with some this or that questions for you just to set the tone. So firstly, I thought this was appropriate for you when it came up. We've got coffee or tea. Oh, coffee, definitely coffee. <laughs> my, <makes> sense. <laughs> my husband's a tea fiend, but no, definitely coffee for me. Nice and good. You have a perfect vehicle to get it in now as well. <laughs> um, and then we've got shower or bath? Uh, shower. Yeah. There's a place for a bath. There's a place yeah. for a bath and I do have baths, but, um, but for the most part, I like a good shower. Then we've got spending or saving. Saving. Well, uh, well, you only save, so you can spend on other things, don't you? <laughs> yeah, true. So we could let you have a bit of both on that one, but I feel like your saving instinct was pretty quick off the rank on that one. Yeah, I just I'm not a I'm not a particular particularly materialistic person. I don't buy things for the sake of buying things. I buy things when I need them, or when you know there's a there's a place in my life for something and then I enjoy it but but buying for the sake of buying is not something that um hmm that's a nice way to put it I like that there's a space for it in your life (laughs) and then we've got pancakes or waffles or pancakes definitely pancakes (laughs) my husband's a pancake man and um we we have buttermilk pancakes pretty much every weekend Oh, amazing. Yeah. All right. So good to get to know you a little bit. And now to start, I think it would be cool if you could tell us a bit about your personal background before we dive into all of the amazing Again Again story. Because you you did start out, or before you worked at Again Again, you worked at the Sustainability Trust. But even before that, I know you had a business. And maybe surprisingly, I don't know, that was a business in fashion. So I would love to hear a bit about that before we get too far into the Again Again story. Uh, how far back do you want to go? Because before that, I was a um, chartered physiotherapist. <laughs> so oh, I didn't know actually, that. Yeah, <laughs> there's quite a number of layers there. I love that. So is that what you studied at, at university? Yeah, yeah, I did. I studied at university and I practiced for 10 years, uh, mostly overseas. And, um, and then when I came back to New Zealand, I had the opportunity to make some active choices, which really I'd not done prior to that. I'd sort of... 
I'd ended up in physio and I really enjoyed it but but I didn't really I didn't I don't ever remember thinking oh, I really want to do that and so when I came back from London after my you know many years away I made an active choice to get into fashion design which for me was a um, was a crossover between business and creativity and I had never given my creative side uh, um, an opportunity to have a stretch before that. Um, turned out that actually, well, I loved I loved the fashion, but I loved it for the empowerment of the of our customers rather than for the fashion itself. And um, and I really thrive on growing businesses, and I learnt that in fashion as well. So that probably takes us on to what you were doing at the Sustainability Trust. So what was your role there? So when I left Anada, my husband was at university, he changed career reasonably late in the piece and so I needed to go back and um, get a salary job and I took a role in the leadership team at Sustainability Trust which is a, a social enterprise based in Wellington, primarily concerned with keeping Wellingtonians warm, safe and dry in their homes. But I had a role that looked after essentially everything else within the trust and so I oversaw the retail team which is why actually probably the reason I got that job. Um, the education team, and within the education team, we then developed a couple of programs which were really focused on waste, and that was that was that was when I got really excited, and also when I could start to see the solution that then became again again. Yeah. So, so that's it when was the a, idea popped up while you were working there, right? I had this light bulb moment and I rushed home and I googled it and realized that I was by far not the first <laughs> to come up with it but it was it was certainly you know I, I, I genuinely did come up with the concept in my head before I realized that that was the case. So now might be a good time before we go too far down the road to just quickly give everyone a bit of a rundown on what Again Again actually is and how it works because I've been a customer for so I know from the customer perspective what it looks like but could you take us through kind of that whole process and what Again Again actually is? So Again Again is a a coffee cup share system such that people can borrow a cup where they would otherwise have had a single-use cup they can check it out they use it for a period of time and then they can and they pay a three dollar deposit for the um, access to that cup and then when the cup is returned to any of the cafes in the network then that three dollars is fully refunded so providing the cup comes back to the system it's uh, cost neutral or free to the customer um, and it is focused it's very very firmly focused on reducing landfill and so the cups they just stay at whatever cafe they get returned to and they clean them and reuse them or do you have a truck that goes around and picks them all up and cleans them the, the cafes manage all of that um, if the caf if the, if a cafe builds up stock and they end up having we call it fleet we use fleet as the word to describe the cups and lids if a cafe builds up fleet and they feel that they've got too much invested in the um, in the fleet then they can contact us and we will take it back from them and we will refund um, them for it but I'd have to say while we're still in this phase of getting it up and running um, generally there's an outward flow. Of cups and so over a period of time um, the fleet that a cafe has um, kind of wears down a bit and then they call us and they say oh can we please have another 25 and we send them send them out some more um, but if you think about if you think about a commuter train line for example and a cafe at both ends of that then one of those cafes is going to be issuing cups every morning and the one at the other end is going to potentially be receiving those cups in and in that situation then our job is to balance that out but that's actually the only time that we do it otherwise it's it's self-managing the um, the cafes yeah the cafes contact us if they need help but generally speaking what goes out and what comes back in gen basically balances 
Mm, I'm so interested in the behind the scenes of it. That's what these are the questions I've been thinking while I've been looking at the cup on my desk. <laughs> so you, but when you have this idea while you're working, and then you brought on your co-founder Melissa, who was I think she was working at Tapapa at the time, and she was on board, and so you, both of you are ready to roll. And then what is that kind of setup process like? Because it does sound logistically pretty complicated what kind of hurdles did you have to overcome to actually bring this idea you had into the real world uh good great question um so yes melissa did come on board melissa's background is in development of technical products and when we started this we were we were designing an app to save the world (laughs) and it was through the process of the development that we got rid of that completely and just went low tech with cash because actually uh if you limit your market to only people who have the app, then you're solving a much smaller problem than if you work on a cash um, basis. Um, And that is now playing out in terms of, um, cafes are now starting to choose to go 100% and get rid of single use cups altogether. And they could never do that if cafes were being asked to limit who they could sell coffee to in the same way. Anyway, sorry, I jumped jumped away from your question. Um, So then once, Oh, Melissa and I, Melissa and I have been friends for years, and um, we have a similar level of competency, but in very different areas. Um, she's come from a corporate and digital background, and I've come from a roll your sleeves up entrepreneurship entrepreneurship background. So in that respect, we balance each other out well, and we sort of just happened to be coming to the ends of. Um, the the jobs or the we were both ready for a change at the same time and so we jumped on board and made a decision to do it together and then there's some administrative stuff you have to do you know you have to actually incorporate your company and you have to put set up a bank account and get money and in, into it and things like that but actually to be honest none of that is particularly onerous it's just that you know a lot of people haven't done it before and there's an awful lot of support out there for helping you through that process um, but then of course in my case it was this is the third time I've done it so actually a lot of that was pretty easy um, and then we I think we were really comprehensive in our strategizing and planning and so that's very much where we started we didn't dive in um, with a product that we were in love with to then find a place for it we 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 dived in with an idea of us of a problem that we could solve and then developed a solution for it and those two things I think are very very different and um, in that respect I guess both Melissa's and my previous experience obviously from very different perspectives, but nonetheless, the process of developing things um, served us well. And we strategized and uh, very clearly internally communicated our, our values and what the problem was and then what the value proposition to solve that problem was and how that value proposition fitted in all aspects of it. So again, again, as a is a commercial system but it serves customers it serves coffee drinkers or end users who are actually not technically our customer our customer is a, is the cafe that um, delivers the system and then there are there are peripheral stakeholders as well for whom we solve problems so for example councils and um, people who are concerned with waste minimization who are who are neither the coffee drinker nor the cafe and so we very clearly mapped all of those things out before we before we ever had a conversation about a coffee cup. And um, I, I believe that that is one of the strengths, I guess, in the business, is that it's a strategic, a, a strategic solution to an enormous problem rather than a, a cup that we've tried to fit to a solution for a problem. Mm. I like that I like that it's that way around because I I think it's that stuff's not always the most like exciting sexy part of the business like I'm sure you wanted to jump in at some stage and be like let's talk about what these cups look like because <laughs> that's you know that's the more slightly more glamorous side of things I guess but like you say all of that strategy and the problem solving underpins 
everything and if you get that wrong then there's no point even having cups so it does make total sense that it went that way around um but while we are on the cups um how and how and where did you get the cups made and everything that must be quite hard is it um again well trodden path to um to uh purchasing and designing things like that um so it again started with strategy and most importantly material choice so we have made a choice to use a stainless steel cup uh, with a silicon lid and that necessitates a paper or cardboard sleeve and all of those things were were thrashed out before we ever started to actually look for a cup we started with the cup material and recognized that we needed a very hardy material that would stand up to a public um, to public use and and so it really does have to be as hardy as it gets um, and the only two materials that could stand up to that are plastic and steel and um, glass just doesn't just is not robust enough um, there are eco plastics which um, we we investigated but actually turn out they're not very eco at all and so that's why we settled on steel and there are you know nothing is perfect the um, emissions profile of steel um, is challenging although stainless steel which is what we use food grade stainless steel has a really high recycled component so actually the emissions profile of stainless steel is about comparable to the emissions profile of virgin food grade plastic or um, polypropylene and so we kind of threw all of those things up and eventually settled on the key decider that would really um, support a better sustainability outcome was the number of times the cups can be reused and so in that respect stainless steel has it hands down and the paper sleeve while from a sustainability perspective is potentially only single use and perhaps in post-covid times will be even more so um, paper is a general uh, a genuine recycling stream albeit one that is oversubscribed in new zealand currently but it's one that we have the capacity that we have the capability um, of recycling and um, it really pivotally means that companies can brand the sleeves and while branding isn't a high priority necessarily for for the environmentalists of the world what that does is it allows us to um, genuinely engage with the big players the branded big players in the market who can um, continue to continue their value proposition of putting their brand in the hands of their coffee drinkers every time a coffee goes out and so what that gives us the opportunity to do is have a a slightly less than perfect influence on the entire industry rather than a perfect influence on a very very small part of the industry and so it was a long journey to get to to that material choice but there's so much to it that's fantastic thanks for taking us through it because I think that's the side of things that people don't necessarily get to see when they're just holding the cup in their hand is how much thought has gone into every aspect and being a marketing manager myself I 100% am with you on the branding and I think the you know on the sleeves and the other factor of that is you need business buy-in number one or this whole thing is is never going to happen so if that's something that is so is important to the business then it has to be seriously considered and there is you know like the coffee cups at some stage the takeaway ones became a bit of like a um that there was lots of artwork going on them and branding and it kind of became part of a brand personality for a cafe and so if you had to strip that away completely I think it would cause more customers to question whether they join you so I can 100% see the importance of that um, I can see the other side of it too but I, I see where you where you landed for sure mm. and we get we get engaged in that um, discussion quite a lot because it's a it's a it's a reasonable challenge if you're trying to get rid of single use why are you putting a single use sleeve back into the mix um the upside of course is that there's no plastic in that sleeve whereas there is a plastic film in the inside the cup so it is pivotally different it is you're right and did you have to get some investment on board to buy all these cups that doesn't sound particularly cheap, cheap. no <laughs> no it's not and actually if we'd chosen a plastic cup we'd be making a whole lot more money now <laughs> yeah 
Um, we, we've bootstrapped up until now. So we've, we've bootstrapped, both Melissa and I um, put in the best part of a year of sweat equity and um, we both drew down significantly on our mortgages on our homes. <laughs> like, you know, like all good small business people of the country. Yeah, and um, things literally just got, gotten through the the dip, the you know, people talk about that hockey stick graph and we'd gotten through the dip and we were starting to go up the other side and I had literally just started paying myself <laughs> two weeks before COVID-19 hit. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's all going to be part of the journey to, to, to navigate our way through that as well. But the, the business model stands and um, I think... I think that goes back to the fact that we have um, created a commercial solution that is of value in the marketplace. And so, you know, we just need to hold out through to the other side of this um, current debacle and then we'll be back on that growth path. Yeah, it does sound like it's grown very quickly. Uh, and I know that in business, that kind of growth can be a bit of a blessing and a curse, you might say. Um, have, there, have there been teething issues with it taking off uh, maybe quicker than you might have expected? Yeah, well, we, we certainly have had um, really rapid growth. So we commercialized in February last year. And as of uh, February this year, pre-shutdown, um, we have 188 partner cafes around the country. So we're really chuffed with that. It's amazing. And the, and the impact that comes from that is also really exciting. Um, have there been te teething issues? De definitely. <laughs> um, and anyone who suggests that there aren't teething issues with a company that's growing at any speed, but maybe particularly fast, is um, probably glossing over the facts. Um, but to be honest, nothing, that, nothing that's been insurmountable or nothing that has been um, a challenge to the longevity of the business. And... And Melissa and I have both been through this process enough that we haven't been too phased by it. We've sort of expected to have to deal with the ups and downs. And and so um, it's really what we've done is, is get on with that. And they, we've, we've had a, we've had a real sense right through the whole process and, and still that we're building the plane as we fly it. And sometimes that gets a bit hairy. <laughs> But it's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, but for the most part, um, it's it's enormously exciting. Like it's a really great problem to have that we have such demand and are creating such impact. And so, I don't know. I feel quite good about about tackling the bumps along the way because it feels like they are bumps for good reasons. You know, they're taking us taking us to a better place rather than being rather than it being rocky because it's heading to a bad place so hmm, that sounds about right yeah and you um i guess having had businesses before this it just shows the value of this being kind of your third go round at this that um those things that might have had you in tears the first time around maybe don't quite phase you as much which or you know how to deal with them which is fantastic and I guess we've already touched on a little bit how you've kind of got two customers in some ways. So obviously your cafe accounts are first up the most important, but I would still, even though you're not selling directly to those end customers, I would kind of still qualify them as customers in a way because you still need to speak to them. Like those coffee drinkers still need to be on board um, and you, you're you changing two groups behavior um, but that one I suspect might be the harder one potentially you you would know to change the behavior of it's so ingrained that you know those that coffee cup culture um, what what have you learned along this process of you know like do you have any tips on changing customer habits that are that deeply ingrained behavior change is hard <laughs> um, and you know, just because we've built a system that fundamentally resolves the problem doesn't mean that um, people get the memo right from the get-go. And um, it is a, it's a long, arduous journey. And the probably the biggest hurdle for us is that we don't personally connect, other than through social media, we don't personal, personally connect with the coffee drinkers very often. We do have some activation events where we are out there on the front line. But for the most part... 
it's the hospitality staff who are taking the orders at the counter who who are the flag flyers for a new way of doing things and you know hospitality it's a high, it's a fast high pressured industry um, almost without exception in a coffee shop that is making money out of coffee then there's a queue when people are taking the the orders then there's two or three people behind who are waiting to have their orders taken and so that conversation around uh, would you like an again again cup can turn into a three minute conversation and actually <laughs> they don't that? have yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't have three minutes so that's absolutely been the hardest part of it um, we've developed a lot of resources for staff training and to support the um, choice of language in that conversation and um, we've got signage and all of those things but it really comes back to how signed on the person who's taking taking the order and the owner of the cafe to empower the person who's taking the order to be part of the solution is um, it's yeah that's definitely the journey and interestingly what we what we are now finding is that so we have 11 cafes in our network to date who have made the choice just to get rid of single-use cups altogether so they now run a sit borrow or BYO system where they the customer either sits down sorts themselves out and brings their own cup or takes one of ours and there just isn't another option and what we're hearing from these cafes is that it's become so much easier to implement that system because you take the choice away and the, and then it and then it's a it's a default the, the the counter staff are defaulting to it so they'll say have you got your cup there oh no okay here's one of ours and it just becomes it, it normalizes that behavior and so then it becomes easier and the cafe the coffee shops who are doing this are telling us that they get very very little pushback and actually if anything they get support from their customers for taking a leadership role so increasingly um, when we combine that with how much impact these cafes are having so 44% of our impact our total waste diverted from landfill comes from those 11 cafes which oh, just wow. blows my mind like yeah. it's just it's an order of magnitude greater because you take choice out of it you just say this is a this is a better way this is what we're going to do and then the the other thing that's amazing is that those those cafes are not spending about between five and eight thousand dollars per year on the single-use cups so they're making this massive financial saving and it's easier to implement and we're literally um timesing it impact by an order of magnitude so all of these things are, are starting to speak to us that that's actually where we're going with it um yeah, that's huge because people might not realize that. Yeah, I've had a cafe myself, and takeaway cups are expensive, um, and it, and it also doesn't obviously feel great when they're all heading out the door. Uh, is that like how do you are you encouraging more accounts to to come into that getting use of them totally the single use? Is that the idea? Yeah, uh, we were about to make that pivot actually and put that at Ford as our number one product essentially yeah. um, just before the shutdown. Um, we absolutely will be doing that. The, my hesitance is that that takes another big investment from us to be able to support that growth in the network and, um, and five weeks of complete shutdown, six or seven weeks actually, and we've made a commitment not to charge our cafes anything until the end of May to help them back on their feet. So I'm probably looking at 10 weeks of no revenue. Um, <laughs> I have to manage my way through that before I work out how to yeah and and at the moment cafes um validly are really focused on keeping them keeping their businesses alive and, and so whatever it takes the, yeah. exactly and and so what we're hearing very loud and clear from them is that they just don't have the bandwidth at this stage to take on a, another um a, another behavior change a big behavior change like that um, so the more that cafes are making that choice and seeing such great results, the, the easier it becomes for other cafes to do it too. So for example, we've just had, um, just prior to the lockdown, uh, Lincoln University went, took all three of their hospitality sites single-use cup free. And so they've just gone, gone and they're saving tens of, there's three cafes, so they're literally saving tens, probably $20,000, something like that. And, um, and that then paves the way for other universities to consider doing that. Because they can see the numbers and the stats of it working somewhere else. Yeah. It's a bit of a snowball effect, I guess. 
Certainly, and it started. It actually started with Auckland Zoo. So Auckland Zoo did that in uh, August last year. Uh, they save fifty thousand dollars a year on single-use wow. cups, and one hundred and sixty thousand cups are not going to landfill. That that's did amazing. go to landfill the year prior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's so powerful that you could, you have those numbers you can present to people to help change that behaviour. And do you find that many cups don't come back? Because like I know I've got one on my desk at work that's now trapped at my work because <laughs> I'm working from home. Um, so I will obviously eventually take it back. But and I guess the three dollar bond is the way the incentive to get people to bring them back. But do you, are you finding that that's working? Yeah, we are. We, we definitely are. We're currently working at about a, a 17 to 20 use um, per cup rate. But that also includes, you know, the, the large proportion of those cups went into circulation only in the last three months. And so all of those cups can continue to be used. So we're meeting our targets in terms of the sustainability value of the um, of the steel. Um, and we, uh, we've, you know, we built attrition or, or cup loss into our business model right from the get-go. And we're, broadly speaking, in the right place. So our estimate, estimations of of what cups would be lost um, are broadly speaking about what we're seeing but I would argue that the cups that have not come back to our system firstly potentially are not lost they're simply sitting in people's you know flats and offices and they will make it back um, and even if they're not um, the evidence suggests that can, that People value steel in a way that they're far less likely to throw it out. Um, a, a plastic cup that you no longer have a need for, if you're shifting flat, you're more likely to, or shifting house, you, you might be more likely to throw in the trash, whereas a steel cup, people are less likely to do that. And so I would argue that they're probably ending up in people's picnic sets and then displacing single-use cups there as well. So it's not still, still serving their serving purpose. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, you know, let me be clear, that's not what we encourage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, um, it's about in line with what we were expecting. And we've definitely seen, um, and anecdotally, we've seen a, a real willingness for people to be a part of the solution and to continue that circle and bring the cups back. So kind of still imagining that we are in everyday life, what's your bigger picture plan for again again do you go to more cities in New Zealand or do you start looking overseas at some stage that's a really great question so we had just begun capital raising which has now been put on hold but we will get back to um there are there are really three major streams that we're looking at and each of them have got enormous value and so when we took the offer to market for capital raising, we actually had all three business plans on the table to test what the market wanted. And so there's obviously New Zealand expansion, but then into global expansion. Uh, there's um, expansion into applying the system to, to sushi and curry boxes, which is just eye an eye-wateringly large opportunity. Um, and then the third is events. And we would have, um, before all of this, debacle we we would have had a half dozen inquiries a week for events and we currently don't service events because we the bit of that that we haven't resolved is bringing back cups and sanitizing them in bulk so we do it in small numbers but that's very much a concierge service at the moment we do it ourselves um, because it's so small we can um, as soon as we move to servicing large events then we need a solution for that so have been in discussion with a um, national provider to uh, partner with us on that but all three of those are massive opportunities and um, at this point they are all on the table. <laughs> so I guess we should probably jump back into the real world now, which we've we've heard a few snippets of how the, you know the impact that everything's had on you, but I'd love to hear a bit more about it. So we're at the beginning of level three right now, and that obviously means for you, I guess, good news in a way because customers are reopening and especially good for again again, a lot of them are takeaway only. Does that mean that there has been a bit of a resurgence in activity for again again now? There's a uh, there's definitely a resurgence of interest and demand, but we have a circular system, and so 
we've got a solution for the customer when they come and order their coffee and cafes can and are serving their coffees today into again again cups but we don't currently have the circular part of it which is to bring the cups back so we have developed a um, slight workflow tweak which is to have the cups deposited in a drop point away from the counter so that the the um, potentially dirty cups or, or cups with droplets and potentially virus on them aren't going to the counter and then they go back into the system just like crockery does and are sanitized and we're really really confident that that meets the health regulations but in level three there is a question over whether or not that is considered contactless and so we are we are taking the um, abundance of caution approach and currently advising our cafes not to take the cups back so it's the system as a whole the system can only be whole because it's circular and so even though customer even though our cafes can serve into the cups it's not the whole system because they can't take them back and therefore it's kind of not any of the system so at this point we are still shut down um, in essence we're, we're I think I said earlier we've flagged all the fees to the cafes because the cafes pay a monthly fee to be in the system that's where we get our revenue from um, we've flagged all the fees for the cafes we did that from about we did that from the start of lockdown and we've made a commitment to hold that until the end of May in order to help our cafes get back on their feet um, but also because we're still in talks with the government about whether or not we can get approval for this contactless um, drop point system and I would rather be cautious than um, be bullish about it uh, and until then we are just really sitting pretty however people can see what's coming and they can see that um, the same concern will hold with personal reusable cups and as a waste warrior I really hope that there's a point in the future where it's still it goes back to being okay to take your personal reusable cup in but for some period of time it probably won't be and so cafes can see that they are going to lose the opportunity to serve into people's personal cups that means that they're going to um, have to buy more single-use cups and that's both more cost and more waste and so we're getting a lot of inquiries um, cafes saying maybe now's that a lot of cafes who've already been in touch with us and have been thinking about coming on board are now saying okay now's the time to do that and so at the point where we have that circular system approved um, and that might be in level two then we are focused on you know we're focused on that and not on pushing things at this point Mm, that's interesting that's yeah I wouldn't have just for looking from the outside I wouldn't have known that that was the way it was it was going so that's really interesting and what was it like during level four and I guess now as well when you were closed what have you been doing with your time I guess you've, I'm sure you've got lots of things to do but have you been finding it useful to to get other jobs done I have found I have found level four to be uh horrifying and emotional and tiring and devastating there you go there's the honest truth it's very I know I like it it's very honest and very true we have I've had to lay off staff we have had to reduce all of our costs obviously like everybody else um, my husband has been made redundant and we've got two nine-year-olds in the house while we're trying to navigate through all of those things wow. it's just been it's just been awful um, but we we probably got for me the shutdown started prior to the formal shutdown because the because our, all of our customers are hospitality businesses and we could see it coming and our customers yeah. started pulling out and trying to reduce their costs and all of yeah. that which is entirely valid so I collapsed under the burden of that in the early stages and but I'm a fast processor so I kind of got through that and then now have come back to using the time productively I have a um, David Binstead who's based in Wellington who's our um, partnership and strategic manager mm. is amazing and he and I have worked together as a really great team to be um, 
We've kind of done a full audit of all of the collateral and all of the processes that we have in place, so that's all been refreshed. We've revisited the um, pivot that we will be making to the 100% first option, and so have been doing a lot of work on the development of that as a product. We've also been looking at the um, funding opportunities, the um, capital raising opportunities, and in that equation, um, some crowdfunding opportunities that may actually potentially be more relevant now post-COVID than they were pre-COVID. Mm. So, so through that period, I have, yeah, I guess I, I spent a week or two putting my my emotional robustness first and looking doing a lot of self-care and looking after myself and getting myself through it. Yeah. Um, and am now fo- more focused on the opportunities and the keeping the conversation alive that this return to this return to system or to return to BAU is actually I think it's a deeply flawed concept I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that the broken systems and I'm not talking about waste systems I'm talking about sort of general systems um, are something that we have an opportunity to move forward from rather than back to and so I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of blogging and a lot of um, posting and reading and commenting and engaging in that conversation engaging with industry groups and um, others in the waste space around those things mm-hmm. and I, um, I'm i still not at full power, I can still feel that emotionally it's um, taking its toll on me but I, I, feel, I feel a lot fitter and stronger than I did in the early stages of the lockdown. Mm, and definitely sounds like you have been busy. I think I, um, I read early on and I found a similar thing to you that it was almost before the lockdown I found it was more challenging and then once that was in place we kind of knew what to expect and emotionally I found that a bit easier but I saw um, read that it was kind of like a grieving process and I found that quite helpful just to understand the stages of what we were all working through collectively through that time yes I like I'm the kind of person that wants to understand what's going on and then it helps me deal with it so yeah and I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit but the future of hospitality is looking quite uncertain or different at the moment so does that change much in terms of your planning and your and your strategy especially I guess about global the you know global potential does it change anything for you good or bad? Yeah, it's a really good question. And to be honest, I don't think we'll know until we get back into it and see what happens. Um, hospitality people are, by their nature, um, you know, they're, they're outgoing, engaged people. I think hospitality in that respect is quite res- quite resilient, and I'm confident that that many of the many of the players in the hospitality industry will come out of this. Um, and perhaps be stronger than when they, you know, once they once once we have the opportunity to look back on it, then potentially we'll all be in a stronger place. There is a possibility, if not a probability, that this will fundamentally change reusables, and there may well be a much greater demand for our system because we are in a place to provide a waste-free option that is sanitised. And actually, there's really it has to be a systemic approach to achieve both of those things. Um, personal reusable cups at this point won't achieve that. And like I say, I I'm I I don't want to use this as a um, I don't want to leverage a crisis to put down what is actually another solution just so that we can build ours up. I really, really want to see that people's personal reusable cups will come back into favour. But there are going to be some very valid concerns over them for a period of time. And I currently don't think that the workflows that are in place, which is that you take your key cup to the, or take your personal reusable cup to the counter and pass it over and get it filled up and get it back, um, I don't think that is going to be the solution. So that's going to have to change. And whether that changes fundamentally or there's a transition transition period and then it 
comes back to being some sort of solution with a slightly different workflow I don't know but there's probably the opportunity for a systemic approach like again again or other um, cup share networks to step into that space and tick the box for both waste-free coffee convenience and um, sanitized cups that could be a massive opportunity for us who knows we'll certainly be ready to we'll certainly be ready to um, make the most of that opportunity if it arises um, and and then regardless of whether that happens or not whether there's greater demand or not there is still there is you know this this COVID crisis hasn't actually taken t taken it hasn't knocked out the other crisis the the mm -hmm. waste crisis the environmental yeah. crisis is still there it's still it's it's had a bit of a break but the first thing that everyone has done today is gone and get got takeaway coffee in a single-use cup and driven their car. Every single one of us who's left the house has done one of those two things. That's true. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And in fact, I had a I had a meltdown last night about that because when I was over dinner, we were talking with our kids. Right, what are we going to do? And we were, you know, we're going to get in the car and go for a go, go and do a walk in the forest because I'm done with the beach for now and get takeaways and the only takeaways we could come up with that aren't served in plastic are fish and chips and so the kids won we're getting fish and chips <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a really interesting way of putting it and it really does highlight what you said about whether going back to business as usual is is what we should be doing but that's the first thing that everyone's done today with the slightest hint of freedom which does suggest that yeah that you are right in that way but hopefully just um having a bit of headspace maybe at the moment and it's shining a bit of light on our impact in the world and our position in the world so hopefully some of that thinking does make people a bit more aware and and that will flow down into amazing businesses like again again, again. yeah I, I do think that it will heighten the urgency for a lot of people there's already a lot of people out there um, who who are deeply engaged with the climate crisis and changing behaviors and then there's a and then at the other end there's a group of people who actually just don't care and probably never will yeah. and then there's this big group in the middle who do care but there's always a question about whether they care enough to change their behavior and and I'd say that's the biggest group of people by far and so I think what this will um, potentially do is just shift all of those people up a little bit so that they care a bit more and so that's an opportunity that we have been you know we've been we've been working towards providing a convenient easy cost-neutral solution for those people anyway and if we get more engagement then that would be a great outcome and if if that's then compounded by other factors then you know commercially that's great too but like I say I want to see people's personal reusable cups coming back into into fashion yet hopefully yes and if not then it's great to know there is another option which is fantastic so is there anything that we can be doing at the moment to support again again is it looking out for the cups when we see them and then holding on to them or what does that look like yeah we're, we're asking customers to stockpile their cups so um at the point at a point down the track you'll get your refund so um we so that option still does exist but like i say it's crippled as a system if it can't continue to go round and round. So uh, until we get to level two, uh, hang on to them. <laughs> um, and I guess at that point, then uh, collect them up and take them all in so that they come back into the system and they, they are being utilized. Um, and I guess keep being cognizant of your choices. Um, for some people today, they have, some people like me, I have chosen not to have uh, coffee and I'm desperate for someone else to make me a cup of coffee me I've chosen not to have a have a coffee because I don't have the option of of having that without waste and I'm too committed to it to for that to be a genuine choice for me so I haven't had coffee um, I acknowledge that it's not black and white in fact I made a post about this on social media today there's a whole lot of things in that equation you know there's there's supporting local there's um, waste there's mental health there's um, connectedness all of those things are in the equation about whether or not you have your coffee and actually there's no right and wrong when you put everything into the equation so and guilt 
guilt doesn't help anyway in anyone but be cognizant know that if you're choosing if you're choosing to prioritize those other things that that choice has an impact on waste or on emissions or on the environment and keep keep those considerations in your decision making matrix because those crises crises haven't gone away and collectively we need to keep changing what was BAU and I and I I'm really hopeful that this reset will give us the opportunity to move to business not as usual that is way better so let's see uh, you know let's take the opportunity yeah and so I think we better wrap up now I've used lots of your very valuable time and I really appreciate that so before we do go do you have maybe you have lots of business experience obviously so I would love it if you could share you know a favorite tip or piece of advice either business or just life in general before we wrap up it's very broad um <laughs> keeping probably, it wide open yeah yeah <laughs> perhaps one of the most valuable pieces of a valuable premise that I have held on to is that nothing is black and white there's only ever the decision that you make and so if you make it with integrity then it's the right decision but then you have to then you have to back yourself and believe it is the right decision and then continue to make it the right decision backtracking um, remaking decisions without without further evidence or further further information is is a waste of time you really have to make your decision and believe in it make it right the first time and then stick with it nice I like that yeah it's very true that kind of I mean, you could call it like buyer's remorse but it comes up in in every context in life but it's, yeah it's definitely a thing so I think that's a good approach nice no one else is gonna is gonna believe in that you the way that you have the opportunity to believe in yourself so I think you've got a you've got a run that to the fullest that's the perfect way to take us out thank you so much nada i really appreciate answering all my questions because as you could probably tell i've been very intrigued about your business and how it all works so i appreciate you sharing all of that information and your plans and how you got it up and running it's just so interesting and i hope everyone out there will be looking out for those little silver cups at their favorite cafe eventually when they can and bringing them back when they can too so thank you so much nada and good luck for all of the exciting plans yeah thank you very much thanks for the opportunity to chat it's been great oh thank, oh, thank you. you take, take care. care bye take care cheers so I know things will have changed slightly since we had that chat because now again again can be used again in level 3 and level 2 and beyond as a full circular system which is just fantastic. But I still just thought that was so fascinating to hear all about how it works behind the scenes. I'm so grateful for Nada for sharing her story and her wisdom with us. Thank you to you for joining me for this chat. I know that now you will choose again again next time you're heading to your local cafe. Just look out for those little silver cups. Until next time, bye.